Hey guys, uh, this is my first podcast and I kind of wanted to dedicate this podcast to be all about my testimony. Um, Later on, as the podcasts go, I will possibly have my fiancé, or he's not my fiancé anymore, he's my husband now, sorry. Uh, I said it, I've said fiancé for the past 10 months, so... Uh, pardon me if I mess it up again, but um, he's probably just gonna stop by and we're probably gonna talk about um, our testimony as a couple and um, how uh, he was really God's, you know, visual to me on, um, I know that what happened in the past happened, but you are still worthy of love. You are still worthy of a devoted husband, and um, I'm going to prove that to you, right? And trust me, that was one of the hardest things um, for me to uh, accept because in at the end of leading towards the end of my testimony, when I finally surrendered everything to God and I was like hey I want to live different now um it's my life has really done a billion turns and um I've gone astray many times but even regard uh even regardless of that uh God continued to uh pursue me and um as I'll say later on he really did uh give me hints that he was along the way and that he had a plan and a purpose for me, right? And um, so we're just going to start with, um, I was born in a, well, I wasn't born in a Christian home. I was born in a Catholic, oh, like Catholic home. And about the age of five, I started attending a non-denominational church after my parents got remarried and um, decided to, uh, fix the problems that they had in their first try at the, at the marriage. Right. And, uh, so coming from a Hispanic home, you are kind of for the majority, um, you are told not to talk. You are, you know, oh, you're just stupid and you're so ignorant or you're so young that you don't have a say in this topic. Right. And you start having a very low self-esteem in yourself. So I'm just going to put that out there. Um, I'm half Puerto Rican, half Cuban. So um, that should give you a, uh, a type of inclination of where I'm coming from. But I really did want to talk about how um, I was raised in a Christian uh, home. And uh, my view on God... At an early, when I first accepted Christ into my heart, sorry, there's people slamming doors and stuff. But once I had accepted Christ for the first time, I did rededicate my life to him later on. But once I did, I um, I had such a pure relationship with him. I would talk to others about God and my relationship with Jesus and how I loved him and and how I would honor him, and how I would never date anybody, right, until I was ready, right, until God 
put that perfect person. Did that happen? No. Um, I was very ignorant, very, not very ignorant. I was very pure and uh, not aware of how evil and corrupt the world really is, you know, where uh, I was very protected. Um, and then after, this was all in Texas. Um, and then once I had moved uh, to Florida, I hated it. <laughs> I, I hated it to say the least. I felt like I was growing so much in Texas, like my best friend and, and we would go to church together and I was growing in the word and I was so knowledgeable and I had that love and I had that devotion and I was singing and yes, I do sing, but I don't think I will ever sing for this podcast as of right now, but um, I was just completely in love with Jesus. And I don't think I, 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 I it's so sad to see and think about things like that. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, I was in the right way. And I was like, of course the enemy would have wanted to move me from where I was. Right. And, uh, when I had moved here, seventh grade, so we're going to skip from fifth to, uh, fifth and sixth grade. All you really need to know is that I was really bullied heavily for um, talking about Jesus and talking about uh, my love for him. I was called a Jesus freak. (laughs) I was called all of that stuff. And I had really no friends. Um, I had one or two friends throughout uh, fifth and sixth grade. And it wasn't until seventh grade I befriended this kid on my bus and, and... this was actually my first time ever riding a bus. My mom was actually really worried about it. She did not want me going, and for good reason. Um, later, it would be that I would be getting molested on that bus for a month and a half with this boy that I was friends with, right? I had the biggest crush on him, so um, I accepted that, right? And and I thought that it was normal, right? Um but I did not consent at all through for any of that. And uh, so fast forward, I had absolutely fallen into the deepest depression I think I had ever gone through other than when I and other than when I was on birth control at a time. Um, this was the worst depression, right? And And I had no idea why. And I'm like, why do I feel so different? Why do I feel worthless? But then I was I was going to make every man, every boy that I came across that I dated feel worthless too. That I wanted men to feel so as bad as I was made to feel at the hands of another man, right? But boy, we're going to say boy for the sake of it. Um, and he was only a year older than me, but, you know, does not excuse those actions but um I started going further and further away from Christ I was very promiscuous and I was just consumed in this like sex culture really you know they they tell you that this is all normal like making out with a boy when you're 13 and 12 in the freaking you know school is normal oh yeah, it's normal. How many movies have you seen that this is taught that it's normal and it's so wrong? 
Um, But I digress from that rant. But I'm just saying how society didn't help, right? I already felt worthless. I, I, and society was like, no, this is normal. You should feel worthless, right? And I sought a validation from men who had only bad intentions for me, right? I met my ex a year after that happened and um, I was with him for four and a half years and I actually went from a public middle school to a private Christian high school and I at first loved it, right? And then I was consumed with my sin, right? And having premarital sex with drinking, with partying and smoking weed that I actually saw my school that I once loved when I had applied hating it, right? I I felt like I wasn't allowed to be who I want to be and decisions I wanted to make. You know, I thought the school has no right to know those things, right? And I now see it as they were really just trying to protect us from those things because at the end of the day, God says all of these things are bad because he, it, he knows that it's going to hurt us, right? Every time that you have sex with somebody that is not your husband, you are joining basically your flesh together and then you guys break up and then you sleep with somebody else. So you join with their soul, right? And I don't know if you guys have heard of soul ties. Those things are real, right? And... All throughout high school, I was just kind of in this funk. I was playing softball. (laughs) I was, you know, I still had good memories, right? But I was not close to God. And I was just faking it. I was really just faking it to graduate high school because I wanted my diploma and I wanted to get out of there, right? And um, uh, freshman year of college comes around and I dump my ex, right? Four and a half years. I dump him. I say you know, I was done. Um, I felt like I was growing and he was just stagnant and I couldn't, I didn't want to carry somebody, right? He, he had a lot of problems, um, a lot of family issues and, um, but he was, he was a great guy. I will say that he was an amazing person, but he was just not the man that God wanted me to end up with at the end, right? Um, and, I, and here's the thing. I knew premarital sex was wrong. I went to a Christian private school for four years. I knew, right? Um, and I had a, a lot. I didn't trust anyone really in those four years because a lot of people would snitch. I got snitched on actually when I thought I had a pregnancy scare um, with one of these girls that I trusted. I trusted and I told her and she snitched on me and I almost got kicked out, which <sighs> thank God it was just a scare. It wasn't actually real, but, um, yeah, she, she, um, she broke my trust. So I want those four years that I should have been consuming every ounce of, uh, God that was in that, in that school. And I was just rejecting it. I said, uh, this is not my thing. Um, I love God and I believe in Jesus and stuff, but this whole like religious thing, not my thing. I really don't like it, right? So judgmental. I can't do what I want to do. 
and um, it broke me, right? I didn't know how how far I had gone, but I know that I know now that once I called on Jesus, He came so quick, right? I was so, 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 so deep in my own depression, anxiety. I cared about what people thought. I was so self-absorbed. Look, freshman year of college me and me now, two completely different people. So now as a newly single uh, freshman at 18 years old, I decide, hey, I'm joining a sorority, right? I join a sorority on campus. I love it. You know, I'm going clubbing with my friends from my old high school that we were all rebellious and um, none of them I uh, that I know of have come back to have a relationship with Christ and God. So, um, but I know that God has a, you know, a place for them. And, uh, but I, I was partying, I was being very promiscuous and, um, I felt like I, my sex appeal was the biggest weapon I had, right? That was something I knew I was good at. I knew that being promiscuous was something that I was good at. And I, and I knew that, oh, you know, having premarital sex with people, it, it breaks you, right? It, it makes you feel empty. It, you're like a rose that's been stampered and trashed, right? All the petals have been taken by, by other, other people, right? And I knew it, but I was like, well, if I'm going to hell anyways, I might as well do it on my terms, right? I was so rebellious and I, you know, I didn't see anything wrong with it because at the end of the day, society said that it was okay. Society said, yes, go have sex with a bunch of people. Go do that. That's normal. Go party. Go get yourself so hammered you don't remember and you make a bunch of mistakes. No, go smoke weed. It'll take away your anxiety, right? And these are all the lies that the enemy was just having me, like, flooded me. In a public college, I did decide to go to a public university. I now regret and I wish I went to a Christian university because I would have, I feel now very, very outnumbered (laughs) versus before. I was part of the majority, right? And um, I had one guy that in my in my freshman year of college that I just I was I thought it was love, <laughs> but I was just so infatuated with him, right? And we had chemistry and we got together but he never wanted to see me outside of his apartment, right? He didn't want to be out see, outside seen with me. And um, at this time, 
I'm saying, no, I don't want anything serious. I just got out of a four and a half year relationship. I am not into anything serious. I do not want a boyfriend, right? I'm just here to have a good time, not a long time, right? You know that quote, sorry. <laughs> and uh, basically that, that that's how I, I was living my life. I was like, I'm, you know, I'm doing it on my terms and I don't want anything serious because a serious relationship demands a lot of, time and effort and I was just not ready to give that to anyone right and um this needless to say this guy like shattered my heart he really treated me like a piece of garbage (laughs) and even I decided to leave because I got to the point where I was like, I know I want a relationship, right? I have this, I, I, I'm ready, you know, I thought I didn't, but you know what? I'm a relationship type girl. I can't keep going with this indecisiveness, right? And I decided to leave. I was like, you know, I understand you don't want a relationship, but I do. And that's fine that you're not there yet, Right. Um, but I'm not going to wait on you until that's ready. If you will ever be ready, you know, I need to do what's best for myself. And he takes it so bad. (laughs) He says, he's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. You know, I really liked you. And I'm like, well, I liked you more than you liked me. And he's like, that's not true. (laughs) I know I'm making him sound like this because he's terrible. Um, but I do pray that you know, God does help him find the right woman for him and does pursue him. And, uh, needless to say, um, I leave, I leave him right at the time of this like terrible type of breakup, but it wasn't really a thing to begin with, like type of weird scene. Yeah. I don't know. Weird relationship. I would say, um, I met my now husband who, God bless, is the sweetest, most amazing man I have ever met. And, <laughs> and he was really my, I really didn't feel like I deserved a man like him, right? He was everything I wanted and more. And um, he was just perfect right and uh, I remember it was not love at first sight for me and for him it was more like lust (laughs) like I was like oh this guy's hot right but I didn't love him like it, it took a while for me to love him but it wasn't because he wasn't worthy of my love right it was that I had been hurt so many times previously that I had trust issues right that's one two I think that if you fall in love easy, you will fall out of love even quicker, right? That's just my, what I think. And after the last guy, I was like, you know what? I want to get my life on track with Christ, right? So I started praying before every date I I had with this man, uh, with my husband and I, and I prayed and I was like, God, if this is the person that you want me to spend the rest of my life with, like, do you want this person in my life? Like I made sure I would pray before every date. 
And, and once I got really invested, I was like, I still asked God for his approval. He was the first and only man I, I ever asked for God's approval. He was the first and only man that I asked for, for God's approval. And I felt so relieved by that because I knew that if God did not want this person in my life, he will take them away from you. Trust me when I say that God will take people he does not want in your life out for a reason. Right? And I remember after my first date with him, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to marry this guy. But I was not in love with him. But he just surprised me because of the conversations we had. He was funny. He still is really funny. (laughs) He was goofy. He was awesome. And he was... He had all the goals that I had. He wanted all the same things. We had all the same views, right? I was like, gosh, this is perfect, right? But I did have a serious conversation with him. And I said, look, I understand you're Catholic and I'm Christian. Um, You know, I'm not non-denominational. And basically was saying, you know, I understand those things, but I'm like, I will not raise my children confused on where they should go, right? We need to be on the same page if this is going to last, right? And uh, he accepted Christ, and um, we've, been, we've been doing consistent Bible studies. We did premarital counseling. Um, we did it the right way, um, even though there were a couple bumps along the way, all along the way, sorry. Um, it, at the end of the day, God made it and he blessed it and he's been super, super faithful to me. And he has given me more than I deserved because I, I would have deserved being alone because of all my past mistakes, right? And he gave me an amazing godly man who is in, he's a firefighter for anyone who doesn't know, um, which means that he has a Christ-like, you know, his job is, is an example of what Christ did for us, right? He laid down his life not knowing this person. Firefighters and police officers and military men and women they put their life on the line for people that they don't know that will never say thank you um will probably curse them out as they're trying to help their you know save their lives and um and so for me that was one of the most honorable things um that I really do look up to my husband for but needless to say that God was showing me I was having to be that example for my husband, right? And he was molding me and transforming me back into the woman that he uh, created, that he destined for me to be, right? So I, uh, I just got married and um, I was talking to my mom and I was reading my Bible a couple days ago. And so that's just basically my testimony. You know, I was asking, I asked God for forgiveness. I rededicated my life and I asked him to take control of everything that I do. And that's really, um, I really needed that peace, right? (laughs) Once I'm, I'm, and trust me, I'm a huge control freak. 
I knew that I had to lay it, all my desires down, right? My desires to have a family, my desires to get married. I had to leave all of those and lay it out on his feet, right, as an offering and say, hey, you do what you need to do with me, right? I'm tired of use, running this uh, machine, right, by myself and having no peace, having depression, having all these things, and I just gave it up to God. And uh, I made sure that the, la- the, last, the next person I was going to date, I was going to date it for the purpose of marriage. And look, I got married. <laughs> um, so I'm just letting you know that no matter how far gone you think you are, you are never far from God, right? He will, even though he's like, hey, you came to me and you left me, right? And you did all these things. He's still going to look at you and be like, I still see you impure, right? But I purify you. I, I am the one that purifies your soul. I sacrificed my life for you. And Jesus is so awesome like that. You know, he he took the the sin of the world, right? They say that in the Bible. But he took the sins of generations to come up after him, right? He took all, imagine that amount of sin, right? The eternity of sin, right? And he took that for us to give us peace, to give us love, to give us the promises that God um, gave in, gave to us, right? That was destined for us, but because we were impure and we sinned and we continue to sin against God because we are in a fallen world, um, he just continues to, to give mercy and to give grace, you know? So, um, I just wanted to leave you guys off with that and, um, tell you that no matter how far gone you really think you are, you are never out of God's reach, you know? And it doesn't matter if you're the daughter of a pastor or you're the Satanist down the block, right? Um, God loves you. Christ loves you. And, um, the best thing I ever did was letting him just transform my life and and really take control of everything. So I do want to leave you guys with another quick little story. I was looking at my Bible that my mom got me when I was eight. It was my first ever Bible. And you know how in the front pages it says, oh, dedicated on this day, right, of this year. So... March 2nd, 2020, my husband, my now husband, um, asked me to be his girlfriend, right? And I look at my Bible and the day that my mom dedicated it to me was March 2nd, 2010. So 10 years apart from each other, um, He asked me out and that Bible was given to me. So I don't know. I was just, I saw that and I was like, oh my God, God is so like, so cool like that, that he gives you all these hints and it's like, they just go over your head. Right. And, um, but that's just what I wanted to say. This is my testimony and I want to make sure that it reaches somebody. And, um, I do want to have another one. Uh, I do want to make another podcast, but with my husband and you just tell him, and uh, not you tell him, not like you can tell him, but (laughs) 
basically we talk about our relationship and um, how we got to where we are. So, yeah, I'm just going to leave you guys out with this. Um, Remember to love people the way Christ loves us and to be faithful, okay? And to always remember that you are never out of God's reach and that he's always there to rescue you. All right, guys. Hope everything. I hope you guys enjoyed this. See ya.